Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back for episode 10 of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Episode 10. It's double digits. That's kind of an achievement, I think. Don't you agree? Way to go. You've made it. You've made it. It's it's your sixth episode. So how have you been feeling so far? Feeling pretty good about myself. Okay, good. You know, the fans have spoken. Confidence is high. (laughs) So I did my, I started with uh, the LA show, as you know. Dodgers Angels prospects because Believe wasn't doing San Diego stuff at the time. So I'm at about 40 shows total. That's funny they made you do both teams in yeah. one podcast. I don't really know why. Same I, city. You I know? pitched the idea for the Southern California teams. So do Padres, Dodgers, and Angels because I could. And they're just like, yeah, we're, we're just LA for now. So stick it to LA. Like, okay, whatever. But I thought it was weird they would do those two teams and then not include the other team that's just 90 miles away. But anyway, yeah. it worked out because now I get to do this instead. And this is way better for me and for you. I get to include you in it now. You know, I've been the biggest minor league fan forever. <laughs> for the last six weeks. <laughs> uh, I think you failed your own though. So congrats. This is episode 10. Not your your 10th, but you made it to episode 10. So I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. It's not as easy as it looks, is it? No, not at all. Like once you put the headphones on, it gets mic like, gets hot. Choo, then- choo, choo. Yeah, it's way, it's way more intense. It's not uh, it's not as easy as the listeners think they are. Anyway. Much respect for all the other podcasters out there. Oh, yeah. I don't care how terrible your podcast is. If you're doing one, then like that takes some cojones. From your mom's basement, you're still doing one. I think even the professionals do it from their mom's basement or their own basement, I guess. Yeah. A, a basement. Dan Patrick built his own. Dude, that's bad. We need to do that. Uh, coming soon, actually. We're going to be getting a proper studio in the next couple of weeks. Keep you posted on that. This heat in Del Mar isn't working for you? Well, your non-AC in Del Mar is not working for me. It's actually pretty pleasant outside, but your your place is a little... Suspect? Color, color. yeah. On today's show, we're going to do a quick little update on the playoff races in the minor leagues. So there's some some interesting things happening with the, the Sod Poodles and the Storm... Uh, not so much with uh, Fort Wayne, but there's some interesting stuff going on with the, the playoffs. I've never really been a big minor league playoff guy, but for some reason this year, it's intrigued me. Probably just because the Padres actually have good minor league teams this year. And it's all we got. And it's all we got. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tempt you with the, the MLB adoption of minor league playoff format, which I know you're going to reject. This again? <laughs> different, different one. But uh, you can say no to it later. Also, it's award season for the minors. So all the minor league leagues have announced their end of season, all-stars and MVPs. And there's some Padre relevance in there. So we're going to a lot of them. Yeah. Quite a lot. Actually, there's some, some big name dudes that get that uh, got rewarded with some things. So we're going to talk about them and then we're going to play a game at the very end. It's called starter trade. 
spoiler alert, it's about would you start a guy or would you trade him? So those are the two options. We'll get into the, the rules at the end of the show. But anyway, let's start with some news. And by news, I'm going to have a sip of Coors Light. Breaking. Ryan drinks Coors Light. It's not going to be in the show. <laughs> Unless Coors Light wants to go to somebody, then I'm all in. So Saturday, the storm did something pretty interesting, which I'm sure if you follow Padres minor league baseball at all, you heard about, they scored in every inning, which it turns out is called a cloud nine. Did you know about that? I had no idea there was a I name just, for that. I just saw that on Twitter. Um, there's also another funny little tidbit of info here. They have a manual scoreboard at uh, the diamond and the scorekeeper out there ran out of ones because they would just put up ones every single inning. I saw a picture of that. They put up a four instead of the one. Oh, did they? That's what, why? Because that's all they had. Looks, I guess, closest <laughs> to the one. I don't know. Uh, that seems suspect. But anyway, yeah, they, they were starting to run out of ones. And I don't. I guess they ran to the store and bought some more ones. Or I don't know what they did. But third team in Cal League history to... Manual the, scoreboard, the though. Like, I like it. It's 2019. Fenway has it. Yeah, but this is Lake Elsinore. Wrigley has it. There's Why? not as much history in Lake Elsinore <laughs> as Wrigley and Fenway. Uh, touche. There's little league fields that have electronic scoreboards now. Our summer league. Oh yeah. They're all electric. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I kind of like the throwback scoreboard. Eh. It seems more, um, I don't know. I like the tactile feeling of like flipping the score over, putting up a new number instead of just hitting a button. It's more romantic. Keeping jobs in Lake Elsinore. There you go. Yeah. It's employing some retired dude, uh, maybe an ex military guy, give him something to do. You got to throw the troops out there. <laughs> hey. Show that you respect them. I respect the troops. So there was that. They did a cloud nine, which is pretty fun. And I think the only baseball, the MLB team to do it was uh, Colorado. They did it in 99. Does that sound right to you? Nothing shocks me about right, any game in Colorado. Any stat with scoring that's, it happened in Colorado, you just believe it. Right. Padre cycle, Colorado. Both of them, right? Is it yep. both? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have one. Uh, thanks, Matt Kemp. Uh, shout out to Matt Kemp, who will always be remembered fondly in Padres history. And Will with one L. Um, and Will. Although, who's worse right now, Will or Matt Kemp? I think I'd rather have Matt Kemp. I haven't seen any of Matt Kemp's it's stats a hot this year. Take. But I have seen Will Myers. And he's looking he like he's standing outside the batter's box when he swings and doesn't come within a foot of the ball every time he swings. He had like two good weeks there where it was like, okay, Will might be back. First month then, of the season, right? He was pretty good. And then a couple weeks ago, he put a good little Oh, they started week playing him a little more. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Will might maybe figuring it out, hit a couple homers. I had the preseason over on Will Myers' home runs, which was, I thought, very low at 20 and a half. I'm like, oh, he'll accidentally hit 20. Hit like 230 with 25 home runs and be terrible on defense, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take the L on that that bet. Yeah, that one's not looking good. Um, so in addition to the storm doing a lot of scoring, Austin Allen is back up with the Padres. He pinch hit yesterday uh, when the Padres hosted Boston in player weekend uniforms. What what the hell was going on with the players? Those were so bad. Someone had to get fired for that. It was it was a fireable offense, I think. Yeah. Unless it was just Manfred being like, "Oh, these are cool. We're gonna do these." which I could see happening. But. On Friday, I was so confused when the pitcher was wearing a black hat. Yeah, the pitcher had to wear a black hat because you can't see the ball if they're wearing all white. There's your first red flag, MLB. That you're, If you can't see the ball coming out of the guy's hand because of the jerseys you picked, then there's something wrong with your jerseys. 
And second, like you had all these big matchups, like, okay, maybe ours wasn't, but the Red Sox coming to town for the first time in a few years, like everybody's excited and they're wearing just all blacks. Like it's not the New Zealand. Yeah, we missed team. a Friday Brown. Dodgers. Dodgers Yankees, Yankees had to wear those. Like one of the most iconic series you can think of. And they're wearing these obscure white and black uniforms. Just just a mistake all around. They look terrible. Yeah. Um, but Austin Allen is, is a relevant call up because um, he's been mashing in AAA. He was the he was MLB Pipeline's prospect on, on MLB Pipeline's prospect team of the week. He was the only Padre uh, playing in El Paso. All he did was hit 474 last week in over five games. Uh, three home runs, nine RBIs. Only struck out four times, and he's hitting 400 for the month of August. And that's. All in AAA minus the one pinch hitting appearance he had yesterday where he struck out. But um, this is courtesy Jim Callis. Allen hit safely in 11 straight minor league games, but also has at least one extra base knock in each contest, including seven and five games. And he led all top 30 prospects in slugging last week. So he's been an absolute stud lately and a little bit older for being a prospect. Still, he's 25. Ty France is 25. We've talked about him on the show being older for the level and mashing at triple a, which you're supposed to do as an older guy and it's the ball and it's the, the altitude at all the parks. And like, no one's really that excited about older guys doing well, but Austin Allen projects to be a, a good catcher going forward. There's questions about his defense, but prospect evaluators all seem to think that he can hit and hit for a lot of power. You think he's, I mean, he's your stereotypical backup catcher. I don't. I don't think he'll ever be a starter. He seems more like an AL catcher, just because you can DH him more, and you can maybe stick him at first base a little bit, and give him catching duty like part time. National League gets tougher. Maybe he's trade bait going forward, kind of like we did with Franmil Reyes. But who did a home run yesterday? Oh, two. He's back. Also not hitting at all or walking. But um, if Taylor Trammell was doing anything in the minors, I'd be all about this trade now. But it's not like Taylor Trammell has done a thing either. But Allen, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Allen play a little bit more. The thing is, we already got a, a hitting catcher. So what you want to do with balance the hitting catcher is also have a stud defensive catcher, which we've talked about on the show before. Austin Hedges is, grades out as an elite defensive catcher and probably the best defensive catcher in baseball, according to the defensive metrics that qualify for catchers. So right. I'd, I'd want to see Austin Allen getting playing time. And it's probably going to come at the expense of Austin Hedges because it's been hard. He is putting it together at the plate lately. He's hitting from the left side, sitting from the right side. He's got the average back up above 270 from where it started. He's been hitting really well. But Austin Allen clearly deserves a chance, and it's going to come at the expense of one of these guys. Yeah, the only thing with Mejia is he's thrown nobody out. His number is so bad. Which is weird. Everyone just runs off. He has a 70 cannon. He's He's got a cannon. I don't understand why just everyone's running on him. Um, his it probably has to do. I haven't checked these numbers, but his pop-up time is probably not good. And he's, he doesn't catch the ball cleanly, which we all know. It's probably something he can work on. I bet that's a skill that he can dedicate his off season to and his spring training to and improve a little bit. He may not ever be an elite catcher, but that's definitely something you can work on and get better at. Right. As opposed to this, the raw tools that he has, which is his arm. You can work on your release time and your pop-up time and stuff. And, framing and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he can work on, but he's got the natural tools to be a good catcher and a very good offensive catcher. Like he's, he's got all-star potential and Allen kind of the same, more of a bulkier. He's left-handed, which 
we kind of need in the lineup. I know you're always looking for lineup balance with the lefties and the righties. Allen could be the next catcher to get a chance. And uh, the, the writing is on the wall for Hedges to be kind of on his way out, it seems like. Right. What's his contract look like? So Hedgie just turned 27. He's arbitration eligible through 2022. His, his age 29 season. So maybe we just make him the defensive guy. Like he's the, he's the backup catcher that um, the, the rotation really likes. I mean, they all, all the pitchers like working with him. Clearly Kirby loves working with him and maybe he's the, the closer catcher, which I've heard them talk about on the broadcast before, which is kind of a weird concept because you've never seen this before, but also the concept of the opener was never done before. Now all these teams are doing the opener thing with the, the with pitchers, the pitchers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if the, if the Padres end up carrying three catchers, which is, possible if if Allen and Mejia or if Mejia can play left if that becomes a thing and Allen proves he can handle catching at the major league level and hits and those guys share the bulk of the catcher duties with Hedges sliding in once or twice a week and then also being the late inning defensive replacement that's something interesting to consider yeah I just don't like I mean no one's ever done three catchers on it happens once in a while I don't think it's unprecedented to have three catchers. I guess. I mean, we have it now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done so recently. It's current. Moving on to the minor league playoff races, just doing a quick update here. We've got a, about a week left in the season for most of these teams. I think uh, regular seasons kind of end the very beginning of September. And then there's about, a, I don't know, four or five days of playoffs, depending on which league you're in. But Typically, it's only four teams. So the Cal League, for example, only four teams make the playoffs, and then they're in and out pretty quickly. There's a semifinals and a finals. And right, because you have those September call-ups. It's a best of five, yeah. So the minor league playoffs wrap up soon, and then, yeah, September call-ups happen. We're going to see all these flood of great prospects go up to the major league level. Not necessarily with the Padres, because all of our guys are already here, but other interesting guys moving around. Um, so like I'm thinking of Gavin Lux, the Dodgers. We're going to get to see Gavin Lux um, soon. Right. But Amarillo wrapped up first place of the first half of the season. So low A, double A, and high A do the thing where it's you have a first half of the season, and then the winner of that advances the, the playoffs, and then there's a second half of the season, and then the winner of that advances the playoffs. And then if it's the same team, the, the team second with, place team makes the, it. the team with the next best the next best overall record will advance. So it's a little confusing if you don't follow the minor league baseball playoff format it's it's definitely unusual who gets the one seed i actually don't know that we'd have to talk to some dude um i think it just go, it goes down to best record i'm sure overall that would make the most sense right. how, could, how could it not be yeah but um so the sod poodles won their first half uh and they're currently two games up in the current standings for the second half with their magic number at seven over the uh midland Rockhounds, who are oakland a's affiliate so Watch out. The Tulsa Drillers, by the way, Dodgers affiliate, they are currently in first place. Also in the Texas League North, Sod Poodles, of course, are in the Texas League South. So potential matchup there, Dodgers-Padres playoffs uh, in AA. Going to be really interesting to see if the Padres bring Gore back for the playoffs, too. Oh, I'm sure they will. They've, they talked about that already. They're going to. And Hopefully. I think, I think it matters to those guys who played so well all year to do well in the playoffs and have your top guys 
playing. And get some games that actually mean something under their belt. Yeah, get some butterflies, you know, the playoff game. Like, the, it matters to them. They're, Mackenzie Gore's 20 years old. Get the people going. It does. I'm I'm going, for sure. Then, Haye, like Elsinore, who I thought was the most stacked team in the Padres system all year, has been good, if not great. Not great. Good. We'll go with good. And the problem with them is they keep losing guys. And they, they get new guys in. Like, they got Joey Gantillo. And they got Xavier Edwards, but then like they lost Mackenzie Gore and lost Luis Patino. So there's right. two there's, of the best prospects at baseball. Yeah, they're right in the middle of the system here, and they keep getting young guys and keep losing veteran guys. Uh, first half standings, they finished six back of Rancho Cucamonga, who's a Dodgers affiliate in the California League Hollywood South. Of the East, Rancho Cucamonga. That's what they say. In the South Division, currently, they're still two games back of Rancho Cucamonga with um, their, their elimination number is seven. So they have a chance to, to cap to catch uh, the Quakes. I think more than likely they'll just finish in second. They're two games up on Lancaster, who's a Rockies affiliate. And as long as they stay put, they'll advance the playoffs as the number two team. Sliding into that number two spot. Love sliding in. Whoa. <laughs> Let's cut that. I didn't know what I was saying. Phrasing. Didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> Are we doing phrasing again? Triple uh, A, we're going out of order here a little bit, but Triple A, they just do the straight up MLB playoff format where it's there's no first half and no second half. So I like that. It's just not as confusing. You just hate confusing things. You hate learning new stuff. I wouldn't say I hate <laughs> learning new stuff. I wouldn't go that far. You hate not knowing the rules to whatever game you're looking at. Would that be fair? It just makes sense. If you win the whole league, you win the whole league. There's none of this first half. Well, in the nonsense. minors, it, in the minors, it makes a lot of sense because players move up and down all the time. So you want to reward. So you want to reward them. Yeah. If the, if you have the, if you're the best team and then you're so good that all your players get promoted and then you don't make the playoffs because your team sucks now, seems kind of unfair, doesn't it? I guess that makes sense. Fair. I wouldn't like to see it implemented in the majors. major league level, but, even though the first half of the season is so boring because none of these games matter. And then teams like the Orioles and the Tigers are eliminated a month into the season. There's yeah. an, there's an argument to be made for it. The first half, second half. I've seen this on Twitter before. Some people like it, uh, but the, the Chihuahuas are three games back. Their magic number is six. Um, they've won their last two games, but they're behind the Las Vegas aviators. Who's another Oakland A's affiliate. And that team has been on a tear. They've won nine in a row. Probably don't see the Chihuahuas advancing here with so few games left. Um, it's possible. And they've had a really fun team all year. They hit a ton of home runs. They scored a ton of runs. They're a really exciting team. And they've meant a lot to that community lately with um, some of the issues that El Paso has had to deal with. So it's, it's, it's good to see them having so much success. And I think the community's really embraced them. But I don't really see a playoff uh, appearance this year. Yeah, that's a heartbreaker. And low A Fort Wayne is the last uh, relevant league that we're going to talk about. The There's short season leagues and there's AZL leagues, but we're going to get into the awards for the AZL in a bit. But currently Fort Wayne uh, is 25 and 37. They have been eliminated from the Midwest League Eastern Division. Uh, first half standings, they did a little better. They were 33 and 35, finished 10 and a half back. So they're, they are eliminated from the Midwest League playoffs, unfortunately. But they had a fun team this year, too. Lots of exciting guys emerged from there. They had Tucapito. Tucapita, excuse me. Um, Should I say it again? You can say it. It's a fun name to say. It is fun. Um, 
and Joey Cantillo emerged and some other guys. They had a fun team. So there's a, there's a lot to like about them. Ryan Weathers has been there all year. Uh, just didn't have the I'm pieces. I'm surprised he didn't get called up. He's so young. And there's no reason to rush a guy like him who's kind of treading water, but maybe not blowing people away like Mackenzie Gore did. I guess you're right. Um, maybe nice. Just He's a guy that you hold back a little slower and he builds some confidence. And I'm sure he'll he'll be in the rotation in high A next year. He's still very young. He's 18 years old. So that's the, that's the, that's the news. Going to be interesting. The next couple of weeks, keep an eye on the sod poodles in the storm. Oh, we're going to keep an eye on for sure. Especially if Gore and Patino start making playoff appearances for our Saudis, it's going to be must watch. And we're going to be covering that extensively. Saudis kind of sounds like Saudis. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. Well, that, that's what they go by. That's their nickname. Is it? Yeah. I'd rather just call them the poodles <laughs> or the pooties. Either way. Um, moving on to some of the awards that we wanted to cover. So starting with the AZL, this is your boy, CJ Abrams. All he did was get drafted this year. Go to rookie league. Uh, he was on the Arizona league Padres one team. There were, there were two of them because the Padres are stacked. You're allowed to do that. Apparently and just have, Two, two rookie league teams. A lot of those teams down there have multiple. A few teams. of them do. Like the teams that have really deep systems. I mean, it's, if you it's if you want to carry another team, it's up to the it's up to each individual organization, if right? They, if they want to carry two. But if your minor leagues are stacked with guys you don't want to give up, then you form a second team. So like the Indians have a really good uh, one two AZL rookie league teams. It's funny the Padres went one two. Like teams like the Giants are orange and black. What do you prefer? I think orange and black's better. So what you do? blue and white for the Padres brown and yellow that would be hopefully they change that next year that'd be great uh they still could I, I'm gonna write them a letter so CJ Abrams won MVP of the league how impressed are you very impressed Fernando I can't believe he fell to sixth in the draft with how he's Abrams. been performing well like what's crazy is he he there were some really good dudes at the top of that draft Rushman and Bobby Wood Jr. and Andrew Vaughn like there yeah. were some studs he hasn't even been there in three weeks and still made, he did still called the yeah. MVP did enough. Um, and they, they kind of, I think know that a lot of those guys don't stay there for long. So if you were there for any kind of reasonable sample size, you're going to be considered for end of season awards. So all-star the end of season, all-star, which is just, it's not like the mid season all-stars at the upper levels where you get a full roster of like 20 guys. It's basically like the, uh, like first team all, MLB, like blank, you know, like they just pick the starters at each position and those are the all-stars for the end of the season. Right. So he was the shortstop all-star plus the AZL MVP. Other guys all from the Padres two team. So junior Perez outfielder made the team. Gabriel Morales. He's a left-handed pitcher made the team and Jose Garcia. He's a reliever all from the Padres two. all made AZL all-stars. That's just, that's a loaded AZL all-star pottery team. That's all that international talent that Preller's been signing. It's working. Like look at all the pottery's top prospects right now. It's, it's loaded with international guys and guys that are even at the major leagues right now. You know, what's great to see in there too. The Dodgers only have one player on that team. The all-star uh, team on the AZL team. Yep. Can I guess? You can. Is it guess. a weird one? I don't know. Who is it? It's a right-handed reliever. Adolfo uh, Ramirez. No chance. Um, AZL rookie league relievers are not my strong suit. I need to brush up on that. Shocker. Yeah. Upset. So for low a 
Midwest League, Xavier Edwards made the team at second base, uh, representing the 10 caps, although he's up with the storm right now, along with Joey Cantillo, who's also on the storm, but he's going to represent the, I mean, there's no game, but he represents the 10 caps as well. Two guys that we talked about on the show many times. Xavier Edwards is my boy. And I think we can share Joey Cantillo. I'm fine with that. Hawaiian punch. Hawaiian punch. Both those guys have been studs all year and both deserve to be promoted. But what they did at low A this year was amazing. And they both deserve to be all-stars. The crazy stat that sticks out to me is he had 20 stolen bases in the short time he was there. Yeah. How many games was he in there? 77 games. That's pretty good. And that was his calling card when he got drafted. Everybody thought he could hit and thought he could run. Um, defense was not really a question, but it's, is he better suited for second base? And the Padres, luckily, are a system loaded with shortstops. There's no pressure on him to play shortstop, and they've already moved him off. But he has literally just hit everywhere he's gone. I so, really want the Padres to put him and C.J. Abrams up the middle together in whatever league they both end up in. I hope C.J. could catch him next year and play on the same team. They both play for the Storm starting next year. Well, then what do you do with Gabriel Arias? I think you probably just move him to double A. He's probably earned a promotion to double A. Yeah, it's tough. He's gonna be a young double A. Being a GM is is in, you got to balance like every prospect's path to the majors with is he ready for this? How are we gonna pair him with this guy? Does he deserve more time at this level? Is it too soon? Like I don't know how you juggle all these different guys coming up the minors at the same time and then playing with the psychology too. Like oh, CJ Abrams has already passed me now. Yeah, they're not. So video, I'm no longer. The they're not guy. video game characters. Like you kind of have to take into account that it's a human, and he's going to have a human response to whatever you do to him. Um, is he emotionally ready to be called up? Is he going to be pissed off if you don't call him up? Like this, this stuff all matters too. But you kind of want those guys to piss off because those are the guys you want. Depends the on the guy. Because like maybe you wilt under that pressure. It depends on the player. I don't want the guys that wilt under that pressure. But maybe you don't. But if you treated him right all that matters really is winning games i don't really care what your attitude is as long as you're not an ass um i just want to win games so maybe you're kind of a meek timid a very soft-spoken guy but you're awesome under the right circumstances and you're treated with little kid gloves i don't really care like i'll treat you with kid gloves the rest of your life then if, as long as you're producing no i want the guy that wants to compete that wants the, the other best players in there so wants to show that he's top dog i want the alphas that's chris paddock yeah, that's who I think of. Exactly. And that's who I want at every position. I like rooting for those guys a lot more. It's easier to root for those guys. You know who's more of the soft-spoken, uh, shy? The guy I'm thinking of is Francisco Mejia. Even with his own ability, he's he's shy. doesn't let everybody know how good he is. Uh, that could be a language barrier thing, though, too. Maybe. But like you didn't see it. You don't see it with other guys on the team like uh, Fran Reyes or Wayne Mar- Mar- Margot or... Um, yeah, it could just be a language barrier thing. And those guys had also been together for a lot longer. Mejia is the new guy. Mejia is the new guy. Yeah, that could be, there could be something there. So moving on up to high A, we have another MVP. And it is Luis Campusano, catcher for the Lake Elsinore Storm. And another all-star, Mackenzie Gore, of course. So I think it made sense. Mackenzie Gore has probably the, had the better year, more outstanding year. But kind of hard to give him the MVP when he's just a pitcher. You don't see a lot of pitchers get MVP, but Campuzano, who was in the batting title race pretty much all season, hitting, hitting for power, catching MVP for the Cal League this year. I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, co-MVP, but uh, so he was an all-star end of season and Gore was an all-star. What'd you make of those guys? I think Campuzano stood out the most to me. 
Mackenzie Gore, we knew who he was. Camposano kind of just put his name on the map this year. Established himself exactly. as a real prospect. Like, I kind of right. liked him last year, but this is going to a level that I didn't think he was ready for. Right. He's moving up on everybody's boards this offseason. And putting up a, those numbers, being a catcher. Being a catcher is tough. Like To be a, that highly regarded as a hitter, off, an offensive prospect, as a catcher is really difficult to do. Right. If, if you're a prospect, come up the ladder and you're just average at hitting, you're going to get attention. And if you kind of stand out even just a little bit with the hit tool, maybe your 55 hit tool, 55 power. Um, I'm thinking of like Will Smith coming up with the Dodgers or Kiber Ruiz coming up with the Dodgers who are, or Dalton Varsho. Like if you can hit just a little, you're going to be a stud prospect because people care about you for fantasy. And it's the stuff that just jumps out the most um, off the stat page as opposed to just your defensive metrics, which it's really hard to tell in the minors because they don't have stat cast data. Right. But he share, he's going to share MVP with Luis Castro, uh, Lancaster, Jethawks property, who are um, affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. But Camposano is going to finish with a 323 batting average and 15 home runs uh, and a 395 on base percentage. So he just did everything. Hit, hit for power, walked, got on base a lot, and was a catcher. Is It's just a 20-year-old, too. He's only 20, developing really quickly for a catcher. Right. Again, going to be very interesting to see where they place him next year. If he stays. In He's got to go to double A. So he'll be the starter in double A. The future of the catching position for the Padres. Catching's like sneaky loaded. Right. Depends on what Austin Allen does this year. Cause Austin Allen could kind of flame out and he's going to get a chance next year to probably get a lot of playing time. Cause there's nowhere else to put him. But if he, if he flames out, then now there's more room for Mejia and hedges, but Campuzano is coming. And then um, Blake Hunt, who was also taking the same year, uh, he was the second catcher taken by the Potters in the same year that Camposano was in 2017. He's in low A doing some things. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of things to like about the depth the Potters have accumulated at the catcher position. The most interesting stat I saw was the Storm had the clubhouse manager of the year. Oh, yeah. Terrence Tucker. Ter- good for Terrence. I think that's a hilarious stat to keep. There's manager, coach, turf manager, clubhouse manager of the years down there. Wow. I picked the wrong. I mean, I should have. I mean, what is a clubhouse manager? How do you become an all-star? Yeah, how, <laughs> how do you become an all-star clubhouse manager? Oh, no, but I want to find out. We should try to get him on the show. He uses that extra bounce. I guess. Laundry detergent. He's using the right kind of fabric softener. Keeps those white unis white. Gets those grass stains out. He's doing something right. I don't know what it is, but we're going to we're gonna try to get him on and figure it out. I want to talk to him. AAA, last level we're going to talk about. Ty France, obviously. He was the third base representative for the Pacific Coast League. And then this was interesting. A bonus throwback name for you. Colin Ray, representing the Iowa Cubs at AAA, Pacific Coast League. Ugh, that name. Well, that name, not his fault. It was... Uh, AJ Preller's fault, to be fair. Was it though? So if you don't remember, Colin Ray was traded to the Miami Marlins in a deal that was going to bring back Luis Castillo. Who's been a Who's dude. been a star <laughs> for the Cincinnati Reds. The Marlins are funny because they were lucky enough to get Luis Castillo back and were just like so anxious to get rid of him again. They traded him to the Reds for, um, I don't know, some, I forgot who it was, but some crappy pitcher. And now Luis Castillo is like a top 20 pitcher in baseball. He's amazing. Just looking at all who the Marlins have traded away is insane. It's hilarious. 
Um, and they got him. It, it's even more funny because they got him back and then they just couldn't wait to trade him again. But anyway, Colin Ray was in the deal for Luis Castillo. And then it turned out Colin Ray had to be shut down. Was it Tommy John after he got traded or was it some other shoulder issue? Something and Preller yeah. didn't give them all the medical records. Yeah. The medical records were either incomplete, which, and then he got suspended. <laughs> and then, uh, Colin Ray had to be sent back to the Padres and then we sent Luis Castillo back to the Marlins, but he's now an all-star at 28 for the Iowa Cubs. So good for him. 28 Bounce still back. pitching in the minors younger than us. Oof. Touche. Yeah. Let's get to the game of the day starter trade. So actually kind of a newsy day when you think about it. Um, lots of awards to go over, lots of playoff scenarios to look at some promotions, but wanted to do this game with you. Starter trade. So this guy that I'm going to name is going to be on the Padres playing every day at the position I give you in a certain number of years that I give you, or you have to trade him today. So there's no, there's no middle ground here. So am I factoring who's on the current roster? Yeah, it's, it's the Padres roster. It's all the same, but let's start it off. We'll just get into it. It's easier to explain as we go. Xavier Edwards, second baseman. He has to start for the Padres in three years, or you have to trade him right now. Which one would you do? Keep. You're going to keep him and start him at second base. Yes. So I'm not sold on. You're not sold on Luis Arias. Wico. Wicho. Is it Wicho? I don't know. We're not. We're not Hispanic. Just cut it. <laughs> uh, so no confidence in him at all. None. He's played pretty well lately, and coming up through the minors up until. Like pretty much right now, he's been hitting at every level. But look at what Xavier Edwards has been putting up. Yeah, he's been doing Luis Arias before Luis Arias got to the majors. They, he's doing the same thing. Plus speed. Plus speed. Okay, I'll give you that. So Arias is is a good is good on the base paths, but he's not like the stolen base threat that Xavier Edwards is. I think Xavier Edwards can just be a face of the franchise type guy. You think so? Now you're really in on him. That's saying something. This is not C.J. Abrams. We're talking Xavier Edwards. Right. It's okay. just, you this know. He's my guy, and now you're jumping on my guy. More so than Urias. I actually agree with you. So I was coming at you a little bit, but I, I have to agree. So if I'm going to have to choose which horse I'm saddling, hitching my wagon to, that's what I'm going for. Is it going to be Xavier Edwards or Luis Arias? I kind of like Arias. I'm on Arias Island publicly. And I'd love to give him another year to see if he figures it out because I would bet money that he does. I'm going to go. I think Xavier Edwards ceiling is higher. So maybe you hold on. I mean, we have a couple of years to figure this out. Right. Three years. We got time. Yeah. You you let Xavier simmer in the minors. Um, and then in the meantime, maybe Arias builds value and then you can trade him for something else. But then when that three-year mark ends, Edwards has to start. We're cool with that. Keep him. Keep him. Okay. This one might be a little easy. Luis Campuzano, catcher, four years. This is the easiest one. Or is it easy? You think it's that easy, huh? Keep. I mean, this is the the worst time to ask that question because he just won an MVP for the Cal League at 20 years old. But devil's advocate on you here. He's going to be 24, which is still pretty young for emerging catchers to become everyday starters. Not many guys do that. Even the, the best ones. Right. I mean, and Logan Allen, currently 25, still in the minors. Or Austin Allen, 25, currently still in the minors. Or just got called up. But yeah. Right. I see what you mean. Um, 
But then we're also still going to have Francisco Mejia under club control. And he's going to be in his prime at about 27 years old and hopefully playing really well. And then Camposano, he has to be your everyday starter. He can be the backup. Camposano's, I mean, catcher's tricky because you typically split a lot of time with the two. But he's going to get the majority of catching duty for the year. I'm 100% okay with that. Okay. And let Mejia play those other positions if he's still hitting. The thing with Mejia is he's been playing a little bit of left field lately. Can he split his time between catcher and left field? I think... I think I'm going to say yeah too. I think um, Mejia's been good. I've been I've been fine with Mejia this year, but he hasn't wowed me to the point where I'm just like, yeah, no chance. Like Campuzano is going to be the backup, or I'll just wait and see, or we'll trade Campuzano. I think Campuzano as a catcher has shown too much promise to trade. So right. in four years, I'm comfortable giving him the reins. This game's pretty easy so far. Okay. Joey Cantillo has to be in the rotation in three years. Three. That's quick. That is quick. Got to make it a little hard on you. Keep him. I'm going to trade him. Oof. So I think the rotation is going to be loaded in a few years. You're gonna think about who you're going to have. It's Mackenzie Gore. It's Luis Patino. It's Chris Paddock. It's most likely Adrian Morihon. Or you sign a free agent. Or it's Joey Lucchese or Eric Lauer still. Or any other combination of guy like Ryan Weathers is a factor here. Um, trades that you make, you, Potteries are probably going to end up making a few trades in the off season. I, I would guarantee the Potteries make a trade for a starting pitcher in the off season. And he's one of those pieces. Um, he could be a piece that you trade or just, yeah, I would say, yeah, he's probably, I think he's a, probably a very good um, trade chip going back to another team, especially if he continues, if he finishes out the year as strong as he has been. And if he goes in the next year and is still really good, um, the Padres have so much pitching depth. They don't need more young pitching. They need to make a trade. They need to deal from their depth and trade for something that can help them now. Now, yeah, which is what I wanted to do with Syndergaard earlier in the year. And I, I read that they're going to be making a push for Garrett Cole, which I really hope they don't do because I don't like spending big money on pitchers traditionally. I don't think it. I think it rarely pays off for the team that makes the signing. For Lander and the Astros, they traded for him. Yeah, and they traded for Cole. But occasionally it works. Like Max Scherzer got a big contract and has been really good. But look at other guys like Felix Hernandez is gone. Um, but he was homegrown. I feel more comfortable trading for a guy that's a little cheaper and you have a little less control over. Maybe he's around for three, four years. Um, I just I feel more comfortable doing that than making putting Cantillo in the rotation. Okay. I, don't, I don't think he'd be ready in three years. Tucapita Marcano this has to be, be on the major league roster on the bench. So utility player. Let's say he has to play. He has to be, he has to appear in 60 games. Utility player. That's fair for utility player in four years. So he'll be 24 years old or I'm sorry, 23 years old. I want to say keep just for the name. I think this one is tough, but the risk is so low because bench pieces, there are multiple bench pieces and he can play multiple positions and I'm not worried about his glove. So the future Greg Garcia of the team. Yeah. And if he can, if he can adequately play second, third, short, 
with the glove, which I think I'd be comfortable letting him do. And especially when he's 23 years old, I think he'd be more than good enough at it. Uh, maybe the bat's not there. The bat's not ready and he really struggles to hit. I'm not too worried. He's, he's on the bench. I'm not too worried about it. Defend. Yeah. And if you were to trade him, what are you getting back? I don't know. Um, guys like the versatility. They like his, his defense and he's got a little bit of speed and he can hit. He, there's no question. He's not a glove only guy. He definitely can hit. So I would roll those dice and throw him on the bench in four years. I think that'd be fair. Were you in or out? In. Keep him. In. I haven't traded anybody yet. No, you haven't. But who have I? I traded Kentia. That's it. CJ Abrams is your starting center fielder in three years, or you have to trade him right now. This is 100% keep. This isn't even... You don't think this I don't even hard. know why you brought this one up. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the three years would would tempt you to trade him because you could get some really good. You you put him at the top of a package, a prospect package, to make a trade for someone. You could get a huge haul back. Think about that because he's not going to play shortstop. Uh, he's he seems wasted at second base. He's not a second baseman. And the only other place you can put him, the Potters have discussed it a little internally, and he was kind of thought of this. I mean, he's got the size, the speed, and the arm to play center field. Right, he's so young right now. He's still going to fill out. He's still going to get bigger. Yeah, he's already six two, little lanky, but can absolutely. I have I have no doubt he would be a good center fielder. I don't know if he would be above average or or top, you know, Gold Glover in center, which is really hard to do. Center field's a tremendously difficult position to play, and with the Padres question marks currently at the center field position, there's a few. Although we've you liked- can't risk trading him and him becoming perennial all-star i think it's tougher than you think it is because the package you could get back for him could be a lot you could get a you could get a real stud player for him especially in three years when he he keeps developing and becomes a top 15 prospect in baseball which he's almost at already uh you could get a lot of stuff back i need to see him and fernando tatis on the same team god he's gonna be he's gonna be so good they're going to fly around the bases. There's nothing more fun to watch than guys that have speed making plays on the bases, um, turning doubles into triples, stealing bases like Tatis is doing and Xavier Edwards is going to do. That's going to be a fast team. Edwards, Tatis, Abrams. Love that for Petco Park. Nasty. They need it. Although they needed it in twenty or 2004 when they first built it. Because we've seen these solo shot dingers. I'm sick of solo home runs. Aren't winning games. I'm going to keep him too. I think you, I think it'd be really tough to trade a guy with this kind of potential, especially because he's going to be a top 20 prospect as early as next year. I don't think you can trade it. He's a, he's a generational prospect. He's untouchable. I don't think he's untouchable right now, but I think very soon he's untouchable. And by the time those three years are up, he's going to be one of the best prospects around. So yeah, I'm with you. We're going to keep him. Edward Olivares. Starting left fielder in two years. Trade him. So the guys that he'd be competing with right now, who's in his way in left field? Mejia's playing there part-time, Josh Naylor and Will Myers. Are we done with Will Myers? Who's going to take Will Myers' contract, well, though? We can't, can't. we can't move Will Myers, but we can just keep doing what we've been doing, which is keep him on the bench until he figures it out, hopefully. Just a couple of years ago, Will Myers was a 30-20 guy. What about Taylor Trammell in two years in left field? That one was a little easier, so I didn't I didn't throw t- Taylor Trammell in this game. So then we have some prospects. You have Trammell. Who ahead of him. Has not been good this year. but We got him for nothing. We signed him as a free agent. Two, te- two organizations have already got rid of him. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see him being. He's bounced back this year. He's had a really good season at Double A with your poodles. Makes you think. Is he taking those over the counter nah. boner pills? Nah, they would have. They would have caught him by now. They they catch minor league guys all the time. I don't think just because you're hiding in Double A, it, it's it keeps you from getting caught. But had a very he's he's a power speed threat who can play left field, right field. I think it's a little tough two years because that means I mean he's going to be 25 years old at that point. I think Josh Naylor can handle it for now, and then with a little throw a little Dash Mejia out there, and then I'm sure the Padres also make a trade and go get someone else. Or Taylor Tamel is going to be there sooner than we think too. Taylor Tamel could be there in two years. So trade. So I'd rather I'd rather roll the dice on Taylor Tramell's upside, who's admittedly had a much worse season than Edward Olivares, but it makes more sense to go the upside play, which is Taylor Tramell. So trade him. Yeah. Okay, next guy, Ty France. First base in two years. Has to be your starting first baseman in two years. So what are you doing with Hosmer? That's a good question. So Hosmer's around for what? Six more years? He signed an eight-year contract. Yep. He's around for six more seasons. No one's going to touch that contract. Or it's possible Padres eat a little bit of it. They move him. We're not getting the value out of first base. I think everyone knows that. Defensively, he's been below average. The metrics support that. Offensively, he's had a bounce back season. But if this is the best you're going to be, it's like a 290 hitting 20 homer first baseman. You're not getting the production out of first base that you would expect from a major league baseball team. But not. It's, not, it's not the right. Is Ty France better than 280, 20 home runs? I don't know. I think you can find 280, 20 home runs in a lot of places. I say trade him. Trade Ty France. He's already, I mean, he's pretty old for a prospect. Let him go to an AL team, see if he can be a DH over there. Well, he can play second and third too. He's, he can move around a little. And I, I mean, first base. Um, I have to agree with you though. I think it makes more sense to trade Ty France. Hopefully he can show some things in the last few weeks of the season here and he becomes trade bait or was his performance at AAA enough to get a team interested to take a flyer on him. He's part of a, a small package that the Padres move on from. I'd be fine with trading him. I, I liked him and I, I wish he got more of a shot at the major league level, but unfortunately Hosmer is kind of unmovable and Manny. Well, yeah, Manny's not going anywhere. Tatis not going anywhere. Second base. We know is loaded. There's just no room for There's him no room. squad. There's just no room. It's unfortunate. And he, he's already older an older guy and you don't want to just keep him on the bench. He doesn't provide any value on the bench. So uh, yeah, you, you include him in part of a trade. Last one, Michel Baez, who's a little bit of, uh, I have some stock in him. He has to be the closer next year or you trade him. What do you got? Kirby's not going anywhere. So trade. Is he? Who, who would be could? Why not? He's still under team control. He's one of the best closers all year. Yes, but they were very serious about trading him at the the deadline this season. So why when is his he, stock was his stock still the highest? His stock hasn't changed. <clears throat> so I don't know why. He, I guess it depends on the package you could get back for Kirby. But right now Kirby's better than Michelle. Well, yeah, but the whole point of trading Kirby is that the team's not good enough, and that we're still building and we're looking towards 2020, 2021. As a closer, you're, there's only so much value you provide as a closer. You're, you're pitching 60, 70 innings a year. It's not a lot. So does it make sense to keep one of the best closers in baseball? Or 
if you are confident in your other bullpen pieces to give a guy like Michelle Baez a chance, if he can hold down the fort, that's great. And then you move on from Kirby and you get something back for him that can help you out at the major league level. I guess. I think it's a trade. I think I'd roll the dice and keep him. So I would just give him the job next year. I would trade Kirby Yates at some point in the offseason. You were all about trading Kirby earlier. What happened to you? Now you're all team Kirby all of a sudden? His stock was as high as it ever was going to be. Still I, is. I don't think it still is. I think it still is. It's kind of slowed down a little. He's been great. Um, Can't pitch in non-save situations. Doesn't nope. like Mejia. Nobody can. And nobody likes Mejia. But I think closer is a very replaceable position on a baseball team. As much as we all like Kirby Yates, and I love Kirby Yates, I think he's a replaceable position. And I think you've got enough other bullpen pieces. Stammen's been kind of bad, but... You've got Andres Munoz in the bullpen, uh, potentially on Adrian Morihone could be in the bullpen next year. Jacob Nix could be in the bullpen. Michelle Baez at the back end. I don't think that's a bad bullpen. Maybe it's young. Maybe it's a little inexperienced and maybe it's a below average bullpen going into next year. But uh, we all expect the Padres to be pretty good next year. They're still not going to be a World Series contender next year. Unless, Wild card contender unless, next year. Yeah, unless some weird stuff happens. But you trade Kirby Yates, you get something like we got for Brad Hand, which is a top prospect. Like a, you get a Francisco Mejia or maybe a Taylor Trammell level prospect. I think that's more valuable than the 32-year-old closer who, as you said, has the most value he's ever had and is ever going to have. And you just roll the dice on Michelle Baez. And if Michelle Baez isn't that good, it, it didn't kill you that much. It's a bullpen guy. I guess you've kind of swung me. Okay. It's, it's a little bit of a riskier play, but I think it would pay off long term. Again, it just all depends on who you could get for Kirby. It does. All right, that was pretty. You like that game? I thought that was pretty fun. That's pretty good. Mix it up a little bit. Better uh, than your trying <laughs> to change the playoff rules. I still like that idea. Elam ending in basketball. Who says no? Doing what? The Elam ending in basketball. What is that? So you get to a certain point at the end of the fourth quarter, and then the game will end, and then it's next the the you add ten points to the team that's leading. And the first team to reach that number wins the game. Why? Basketball doesn't have a pace of play problem. No, it's for to get rid of all the fouls at the end of games. Okay? The clock runs out at the end of the fourth quarter. Now, the first team to score 109 wins the game. So you're adding Every, bonus time? No, you could just subtract time from the end of the fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter is 8 minutes long instead of 12 minutes long. You get rid of all the fouls and garbage at the end of the games. Plus, every game ends on a walk-off made shot. How crazy is that? You don't get the buzzer beaters anymore, but those are so rare. Um, you don't get the fouls. You don't get the constant timeouts. And every game ends on a made basket. The walk-off. They were doing this in the that tournament on ESPN. That like that The tournament? Yeah, it was called The Tournament. So if a team's up like 100 to 50, let's just say. Yeah. First team to score 100. First team wins. to get 110. Wins. Yeah. You're technically never out of the game. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Like I hate your other ones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the Elam ending is gaining steam. And I think I don't see it happening in the NBA anytime soon, but I would love them to just do it for like summer league. They should do it for the three on three when three on three goes to the Olympics. Three on three. I don't think three on three needs it the, because it's half court and it's 
you're not going to get the fouls and stuff that happen in, in the regular five on five game, but why not do it in the NBA summer league when it's just kind of goofy and fun anyway, and no one's taking it too seriously. Um, but still getting more eyeballs than the tournament, whatever, whatever the hell that was. I don't even know what that was. Just all ex college players playing over in Europe coming to win a million dollars. Yeah. That we don't even remember. They were that good. But just do it in the summer league. I think it'd be fun. Anyway. Jerry McNamara, you don't remember him? Was he in the tournament? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see his team. Bayheim squad. Team, they lose early. I have no idea. The Marquette team won. did really well. <laughs> Marquette, I think, got second or something. Uh, let's get out of here. We're way off the rails. So as always, please follow the Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. Check that out. Follow us. If you enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe. We're available on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. See you guys next week. These like Elsinore Stover, I'll do it again. <laughs> you can do it while I'm talking. Why can't you do it while I'm talking? It takes forever. You had plenty of time. Wow. All right, let's go. Sweating my ass off over here. That's your fault. <sighs> Should I get naked too? <laughs> I do like podcasting nude. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to put that at the end of the episode. Oh, it might. You never know. (laughs) Depends how I feel at the time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.